Welcome to the Mental Mom Show. I'm Megan Farr, a therapist and mother of two by day, and a coffee-drinking ADHD maniac basic white girl. But most importantly, I'm the Mental Mom host by night. And I'm Casey Harper, the producer slash art director slash boyfriend and moral support slash whatever Megan needs. Welcome, Casey. Hi. Just a quick disclaimer. In our intro song, we say um, that I'm a therapist by day and a coffee-drinking ADHD maniac podcast host by night. Uh Uh-huh. But I feel like just to be completely truthful and honest, it's not nighttime. It's afternoon on a Sunday. And I just want to be completely transparent with our listeners. Okay. Well, let's just shut it down. Shut it down. But I've been doing like some deep dives lately on all sorts of like, you know, our topic today is going to be toxic positivity. We'll get into all that. But it took me on a rabbit hole of like motivational speakers and Tony Robbins stuff and Rachel Hollis drama and like all these people who are not transparent and not honest. And I'm not saying that people need to come into every moment of our life like Rachel Hollis style, um, which we'll talk about that at some point. Um, But I do just want to be honest and I want our listeners to know that I don't want to be misleading. We're recording on an afternoon because usually we record at night, but there's a Bears game. Have kids. There's no kids, and there's a Bears game. And basically, our life revolves around the Mental Moms show revolves around the Bears schedule during false. football season. False. I mean, not false. false. Anyway, it just so happens that we're doing it on a Sunday. I just want to be completely honest. Most of the time, it's a Friday or a Saturday. You'll be getting listeners. You'll be getting more and more honesty and transparency from me because i do not want to end up like one of these crazy well that just internet... makes it sound like you haven't been being honest well i i mean i just want to make sure that we are as transparent as possible because i am i'm a little what? paranoid now about how crazy these internet people podcasters and um influencers like not that we're that but i don't want to be like rachel hollis you're not. Okay. But I don't understand by saying you're going to be more transparent. Like, it just makes it sound like you've not been transparent. Well, you know, this whole curated imperfection thing I'm obsessed with exploring where people make it look like yeah, but it's one thing and I don't it's not... understand. Nothing about us has been that way. Okay. Well, I guess maybe I'm just, like, recommitting out loud. At least loud. nothing about that for me has been that way. I don't... Can... Only speak Maybe for I'm just myself. having a little mental health moment, of my own mental health moment, mental mom moment. I just think by saying that, that implies some type of guilt. Well, when you have anxiety you will, and depression tendencies, you do tend to like feel guilt for things that you don't necessarily need to. So maybe I'm having a little bit of that. Okay. And we can just edit out this whole part if you want to. If no. you feel like I'm being weird. I don't. I just, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But to me, I don't think we've been in any way dishonest or not dishonest, like we've been but covering. I just want to be very transparent with our listeners on who we are. 
And the one thing you're worried about is that we record during the day. I'm just saying using that as an example. Okay. Okay. And also, switching gears, how do you like my side pony that I'm still rocking from? Looks good. You should do it more often. Yesterday, when I w- we went to a Halloween party and I was Deb from... Wasn't a party. It was a I'm sorry. Out. It was a get-together <sighs> with only a few people at our friend's house. Yeah, they were very adamant that it was not a party it even was though just a little social they gathering introduced it as a party at the beginning well it was only like six seven people it wasn't even that many five people we yeah. still wore costumes and then we had a fire outside and you were i was deb from napoleon dynamite and you were kip from we'll napoleon post, dynamite we'll post pictures yes pretty awesome it was super fun it's a good time so yeah all right well jumping right in we haven't done this segment in quite a while. Casey Harper, do you have a ripped from the headlines? Oh, yeah. Um, so we did a show a while ago um, about Nexium, the cult, and their cult leader, Keith Rainier. Uh, well, he had gotten arrested and was awaiting sentencing. And that just came through like last week or earlier this week for his being a cult leader, basically um, having, well, not only have being a cult leader, but he was, you know, doing sexual misconducts and things with women in his organization as, uh, yeah, it was like a business he was presented as kind of like a business yeah uh so it was oh tuesday but if you really wanted to be at the top and if you really wanted to be you know one of the best then you would have sex with him yeah and then there was like a little subgroup inside of nexium that was like has he referred to his slaves there are Um, so many layers you just need to watch the documentary that came out i think it's on netflix there's a new documentary just on nexium yeah oh when did that come out I think like a month ago, maybe a couple months ago. Um, I haven't watched oh. it yet. I've been waiting to watch it with you. And I figure if we do have to do another lockdown I situation, that's on the list. I didn't know that was out. Um, but anyway, uh, it was Tuesday. He was sentenced to 120 years in prison for sex trafficking and other crimes. Um, and he is also ordered to pay a one point seven five million dollar fine wow um, and nexium is it's n x i v m if you're looking it up yeah it's some weird it's some weird like roman numeral thing. combination i thing. don't know he's a i guess i mean the guy is smart right well they're like, always smart these cult leaders are, are yeah but very i think he smart. was like legitimately like tested and everything and was uh, most like of them are they're genius um, level but psychopath sociopaths yeah, he's definitely not a good person. Um, Manipulation so, experts. So the judge, uh, to determine the punishment, after she heard hours of testimony from 15 victims, which that's not all of them, but um, after that, he, uh, the judge, he like had enough, and he got really fed up with uh, Rainier's lawyer. Um, because he was trying to, he tried to like justify his behavior and, um, 
the judge was like, no, we're not having any of we're that. We're not like, he, he any of squashed this. that real quick. Um, but we got the article too. It's from the New York Times. Uh, we'll throw that up so you guys can read that. Yeah, more in depth about it but um there's a lot of good info out there you guys articles and documentaries yeah there's just so much to it like like i said we already did a show on it so we don't want to like go back through it Which yeah is, the levels of the whole thing is just like the layers insane. it's like uh almost like well it's like a multi-level marketing that's what i was just gonna say yeah mixed with a cult ring and Going after vulnerable people, but a different kind of vulnerable like people. Like rich, vulnerable, rich vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable people who are just like think feel like they're never enough. They can never accomplish enough. They're, these are already really hardworking, successful uh, people who just don't feel like they're ever enough, which is usually deep-rooted mental health stuff that needs to be addressed. And they get sucked into this Nexium sex cult craziness. The They mentioned the documentary. It's not Netflix. It's HBO. Oh, HBO. It's called The Vow. The Vow. Check it out, people. What it is. We're going to be watching that in the next, it's on the list for like the next few weeks. So we'll talk about it. So on Thursdays, Casey, we're doing, um, Cindy and I came up with this idea. Cindy, hey, Cindy, our assistant. She's been so great um, to do Throwback Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So on Thursdays, we are, now that we have like 65 episodes, go us, yes. Um, I would definitely skip the first three. They're not great. Or listen to our newer stuff and then go back and listen to those because they are rough. Uh, but anyway, on Thursdays on Facebook, we're going to do Throwback Thursdays and post re, repost an episode that we've already done. So we're going to do with some photos and like whatever. Um, and so we're going to post the one this. So this coming Thursday, we're going to post the old Nexium episode we did from last. I don't know, last year, two years ago. I think it was a year ago. A year ago. Yeah, because he's been in, in jail Pretty much right after we did that, I think. Yeah. He was in the process of getting locked up or arrested or I don't know. And if you're new to the show, like, I have a weird obsession with cults. And I think that I've kind of piqued Casey's curiosity. And you're you're in my cult of liking weird cult stuff now, huh? Liking I learning mean, about it. I already... I need more coffee. I'm sorry, felt, everyone. I mean, I already liked that. Uh, interested in that stuff. So I think that's just one of the things you and I have in common. That's that why we're so soulmates babe why, why we're so in love we love um like nobody cares about that we love the grit we love what's our favorite documentary um with robert durst that the, the what the first date we ever we had was we oh watched the, the robert jinx durst. the jinx guys i know i've talked about it before but you have to it's a must-have the yeah. jinx on hbo yeah so yeah i i like that stuff I, it's interesting it's it just is. how and i try to watch that stuff so to make myself more aware that I don't get sucked into I something know. like that. So that's why I do it. Yes. But All right. Anyway. So that's ripped from the headlines. Casey Harper, thank you from the news desk. No thank problem. you for reporting from the news desk. I'm just going to keep drinking coffee. I'm not quite there yet. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone, for writing this roller coaster. When you listen, it'll be Monday. But, you know, it's just kind of one of those Sunday afternoons where I've got my side pony and a weird tie-dyed sweatshirt on and some sweatpants that don't match. And I'm just... You know, you're really stuck on this whole day thing. I don't understand <laughs> it. We usually record like, at night, and it just feels weird. Okay. All right. So, you ready for my mental mom moment? Yeah. Mental mom moment this week. This is when I, you know, I'm usually embarrassed myself, put my foot in my mouth, do something mental. Sure. Okay. So we have this great new therapist for the girls, um, and. Her, her name is Dr. Abby. She's so cool. She's young. She's a psychologist. She's 
just spunky. She's it's for any parents who've ever tried to find a therapist for your kid. It's not always easy. Um, and so we finally found this great person and I love her and I don't think she judged me for this, but I still feel like I, so anyway, we go, I'll just tell you, we get, we get to the appointment last week and she had, um, a surgery. So she on her knee, I believe it was. And so she had on like this, she had on like a brace around her waist and a brace around her knee and she had a crutch, but she's got like this really cute pixie blue hair. And I'm like, she just looks like such a cool chick. And so I was like, wow, you look like a badass. Cause she said, I said, Oh, are you feeling okay? And she said, yeah, I'm, I, it looks a lot worse than it feels. And I said, oh, you look like a badass." And I said that right in front of my seven-year-old. Uh-huh. I said badass in front of my seven-year-old and in front of my seven-year-old's therapist. And what she did just, she say? She just, I laughed. She had a mask on. We had masks on. So I don't, I'm hoping she was laughing behind her mask and she's very down to earth, but you know, saying ass in front of your seven-year-old in front of her therapist sure I, I mean do you think that's how bad is that i don't think it's that bad i'm there's worse things that have been said in front of them i'm sure yeah it just it wasn't the a plus you know what i'm being real okay that's my new thing not my new thing but i'm getting back in touch with it just being authentic me. well i guess it also depends on why she's had to have surgery i just meant she looked like a badass because she had all this gear on and she was still she looked like a warrior. It was like a warrior-esque kind of look. And I was like, get it. Go, girl. Like, it wasn't supposed to be empowering. But still don't think you should say ass in front of your kid's therapist, probably. I don't know if normal parents do that. Oh, I don't know. I don't think that's... To me, that's not that bad. It's not like you were calling somebody an ass. True. You're right. I used it in an empowering context. That makes a difference, right? I think so. And when but... it comes to cussing, my kids know. This is one of my rules. Hey, if you say that at school... You know, if you say it here, you may get a look from me. You may, depending on the severity of the swear word. Um, but if you say some of, some of these words at school and you go to the principal's office, I can't help you. Because I think it's kind of more important to teach our kids when it's appropriate and not appropriate to say these words. However, at the therapist's office in a professional setting, probably not Well, maybe you need to address that at the next meeting. I think I will. I think I might. Or maybe and I'll I'm just sure send her an email. probably doesn't even remember it or thought twice about it. I hope not. All right, so anyway, that was my mental mom moment. Um, high five moment. What was it last weekend? We threw an epic outdoor, socially distanced, fun fest Halloween costume party for the girls. And this was your first kid party that you've ever thrown, right? Yes. Can I just tell you that, that Casey, I was responsible for Casey together? Harper nailed it. You were amazing you could stop what you're doing right now and start a party planning business event planning with casey harper okay um you were such a hit we uh, friends that we met a while ago gave us this idea cutting a pumpkin head but you cut the bottom off leave the top cut out a face of a real pumpkin and then put it on your head and so you have like a sleepy hollow pumpkin head sort of um, yeah. thing for like a fun photo and the kids loved it. Casey spent hours and hours and hours carving out these pumpkins. They were huge pumpkins. And you made cool faces. And then you brought it out at the party. And the kids, I missed it. I was on bathroom duty, duty taking kids to the bathroom. But apparently it was like a huge success. And we will post some pictures. I think we can post pictures because you can't see any of the kids' faces. Yeah. So we probably could post those. Sure. But my favorite one is you with the pumpkin head on hanging from a tree. I'm going to post that one for sure. Yeah, those are, the they're pretty heavy though too. Um, 
But I didn't do all the faces. Uh, the girls drew... Oh, yeah, the 10-year-old did. Yeah, she drew three out of the four. I think I only did one of them. But, yeah, it was fun. It was something that I think maybe doing once a year. Once a year. I don't think we need any more parties after I mean, one. I was on it. I had the notebook the whole, like, two weeks before. I had a list of everything. I was keeping track. I was really proud of myself using my ADHD coping tools. Um, we had the food planned out. We made these, like, hot dogs that were wrapped up with crescent rolls. <laughs> yes. There were crescent yeah, rolls. Yeah, they were like pigs in a blanket. Yes, but you know my thing with crescent rolls. I'm not going to go into Meg Pockets because... Yeah, but you didn't eat them. I did not. Um, so it doesn't matter. You know, I just, I had it all organized, planned. We had all, all everything was on schedule. And then it's like the last two hours right before a party. And I'm sure there's other parents out there who know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh shit, still have all this stuff to do. Thank God. Christine came, our friend. Yeah, she, she helped. That was nice. She like just came in. You know how you have that she's friend? She's expert though. Who she shows up. Yeah, she throws parties like every month at her house. She shows up and she's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and you and Christine really knocked out what, like 40 hot dogs wrapped up as crescent mummies with little eyes on them and everything? Yeah. Did you put the eyes on? No. Oh, Because by then everybody had shown up. Yeah. And you just have to at the end start eating. go for it. So it, I didn't realize that many, that so many kids would come. It was only a two-week notice that we gave parents, and clearly n people need to socialize because everyone else Yeah, I think the yes, theory almost. was we'll allow them to invite however many, mm -hmm. anticipating that they all wouldn't say yes. Right, so I you would have like two weeks, maybe seven? five people show up. Yeah, each. Like even if yeah. it was 10 outside, but we ended but up everybody having, like like 15. Pretty much showed up. Yeah. Luckily, we have a huge area outside in our apartment complex, lots of trees, and um, people. it was great. Spread out, yeah. running around. I just told them to act like they do at recess. Yeah, exactly. They, they've got that. Because that's what they do at school. Right. So. It was super fun. But I'm just so impressed with you, Casey, that um, you can throw such a great kid Halloween party. Thanks. You're a great team. It wasn't just me. I know, but I really appreciate the, like how organized and good and like dedicated this guy can carve some pumpkins. It's no easy task. Yeah, that sucked, but it was cool. <laughs> it turned out really great. Yeah. All right. It's also fun, isn't it, to like see the the kids like in action and like. Was there anything that stuck out to you that was really funny? Not really. I was too busy trying to pick up because like keep cleaning keep up things after them clean and order. stuff and yeah. throw trash out. Make sure the trash was empty. And yeah, it was just a lot. It was a lot of girls. It was. It was, it was an, a ghoul friend party. Get it? Ghoul friend. You, yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. That so, yeah, was, it was like 15 girls. It's a lot Casey. of girls. <laughs> All right. So I'm doing this new segment called Mental Health Moment with Meg. I just added that with Meg part. Casey didn't know. Oh, my God. Um, I was going to add that. It's special. That's a treat there so i have been on this like i said this rabbit hole journey online of trying to figure out why i'm so annoyed with influencers and facebook and the online stuff that i keep coming across well now the bots are working with me a little better the algorithms they're starting to show me my people a new community that i didn't even know existed there's like a whole movement out there against multi-level marketing you know like the doTERRA's young livings 
um, bond, like all the, the facial products, like the, uh-huh. um, not like there are some like Rodan and Fields is one that um, I actually use their skincare because it's the, like one of the only ones that works for my acne, but people don't pressure you to sell it. It's the companies that people show up in your um, Facebook, your DMs. They're like, hey, I haven't talked to you in 15 years, but I've got something for you. Like they're trying to recruit you. Uh-huh. Multi-level marketing businesses like that. Um, anyway, I, I, there's a whole movement against these predatory companies. Beachbody is another one that's got a lot of, of um, scrutiny. Um and I'm going to be going into more of that in other shows. But there's also people out there who critique and are against, like, this whole toxic positivity. So that's kind of how I, like, got onto this whole um, toxic positivity thing was I've been doing some research on, you know, my obsession with cults. And cults and, like, people just being so susceptible and influential influenced by others. Like, I'm just really interested in, like, how does that happen? I think because I have experienced it in in vulnerable populations like people who are depressed or anxious or feeling down they don't feel like they fit in they don't have good support in their lives it's easy to like get sucked into culty sort of groups being sold um a dream or being sold on things that well people are really like just preying on you Mm -hmm. but what's interesting here is so you know this is our second year of doing this show so in the very beginning, I did a treatment plan for myself that I read. You can listen to it. I can't remember what episode it is. A treatment plan is like what we do in therapy with our clients where we figure out like what goals we're going to work on. Okay. And then a year later, I did an update on it because that's what you do is like you review it with your client and you update it, put some new goals in, see what you've accomplished. Sure. So this is like my second or third one because this is our second year, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm kind of like reevaluating like what are my treatment plan goals for the show, for my life, for everything. And I think last year when I I was working with a coach um, who was a therapist and also a business consulting coach because I was working on starting a coaching and therapy business, right? which I'm actually now just doing therapy. But for a, a while there, I got kind of stuck into this idea of um, just doing coaching and not – and I was even considering dropping my license as a therapist because I was scared that as a therapist, since I'm licensed – if I'm talking about things on this show or like, am I vulnerable to getting like, I don't know, some sort of, it was really kind of just paranoid about. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. But can you to try me, to explain it, to everybody what I'm saying? Cause I know it's not making sense how I'm saying it right now, but I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You have this fear of being held accountable for saying something. Since I am a licensed That therapist. is in line with your field and you're afraid that by saying it somebody would take it as truth or gospel and like change or make a decision based on something based that off i said you said and that i'd you, be held accountable for it yeah that you would lose your license for right. some reason just like a whole bunch of weird fear stuff yeah working through all of it and again here i am being transparent i said i always would be this is my journey like i'm trying to figure all of this out and i've realized that with the coaching program that I did last year, the, it, it opened me up to a lot of authors and books and things that I think are very, have a lot of good things to say, but I think I got a little bit too far in to the positive. I think I crossed the line into some toxic positivity. Let's put it that way. 
Now, not all the way, not like some of the people we're going to be talking about today, but I do think that I lost sight a little bit of, you can't just rely on positivity and positive thinking. Okay. When Was I around for this? Did you not notice it? I don't know. Because okay. you always seem paranoid. Ah, uh, what do you mean I always seem paranoid? Well, you always seem like, I mean, you're a very, when it comes to like a career type of situation or topic or anything like that you are very over the top in my opinion cautious like oh, you take you. i take well, it i don't seriously. know if it's a good thing either because i think because it holds me back yeah because you get all worked up about it and like you have this fear that one sentence you say like that's the end of your career right and it is it's, it's, it's unhealthy it's a bit irrational in how yeah. i see it do you think it sounds a bit like maybe someone who has some anxiety issues <laughs> i guess yeah i mean i don't have Hello, that home. level of anxiety i guess so that's why it's always like comes out of left field to me because i don't think like that i know i mean there's certain things like i do take precautions about but you're healthily cautious to a I'm sense borderline paranoid and it of, holds me back yeah okay not paranoid but um, overly cautious to the point where it holds me back from maybe saying or doing things that I think or believe in or want to share because I'm afraid worst case scenario will happen. Yeah, you're very... So I'm coming out of that. Right. So where did this, the toxic positivity set in? Are you telling me you can't follow you all were... that? No. Well, for you, <laughs> I don't I don't ever remember you um, being that... That... Positive. I don't know, delusional. Well, I feel like isn't that's one of the things. I think things, that's what it is. It's delusional. delusional. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things you and I talk about is sometimes I don't like, like I don't, I'm not supportive of you feeling your feelings in the moment. You've told me this that I'm like, you have a feeling, you you get irritated or something, and I'm like, you just need to reframe how you're thinking about it. Okay, so it's more of you're projecting toxic positivity than actually using it for yourself. Ooh. Casey, huh? Is that what you're saying? That was good. Because yeah, you do do that to me. Yeah, and I've quite been thinking, a bit. And I've been reflecting on it because you've told me that it, and you're right. It's not okay that I do that. So when you're upset about something, it causes me discomfort because I don't like seeing you upset, and so then I go into problem solving mode for you. Um, and it's usually okay. Well, let's reframe and think positive, and let's make an action plan. Whereas really, you just need to feel your feelings, and you're allowed to do that. Yeah, I'll get over it. I just want to well, be pissed off for a little bit. Exactly, and that's what I'm working on. And so anyway, this whole deep dive into um, this concept of toxic positivity, it's it's like kind of going against the good vibes only mode. So, you know, we talked about like, remember that episode we did on emotional vampires, people who suck the life out of you? Mm-hmm. When people are negative and there's that kind of toxicity of negativity, like, yeah, we don't have to be around those people. Yeah, what what but, is that like? Toxic negativity? Like, is right. that the so opposite it's like, side? It's the opposite. And so I'm I'm in this place in life where I'm trying to find like my norm, my medium. You know, you've got extremes on both sides. Mm-hmm. With mental health, we talk about this all the time. Like with my clients, we tend to go into this all or nothing. When we have anxiety and depression issues, we tend to go into this all or nothing thinking. It's either worst case scenario, worst thing that could ever happen, or best thing that could ever happen awesome amazing like finding that gray area is where balanced people 
live, okay. Casey. Yeah, you. That's okay. interesting because I've always been told I'm very black and white, but apparently I live in the gray. Black and white. Well, I guess. Well, we'll have to think about that because I'm not sure. I would. I would think that you're more on the reasonable side. Right. I've just been things. told that I am very cut and dry about. You know, if you do a certain thing, then well, that... if someone hurts you, if someone behaves a certain way, you are very much like, you're done. I'm not talking to you anymore. Yeah, you're out. that's different. Okay, that's a whole other show. Casey. Okay, sorry, okay. sorry. So I have been um, doing my studying on this whole to- toxic positivity concept. Um, we all know um, because even though I'm a therapist, I've been doing this 11 years, and I do keep up on a lot there's always there's just always new things new concepts new new ideas right. that you know you gotta as stay there up should on. be right so i love the good vibes stuff you know i'm all, like i'll send a picture of a unicorn and um sending positive vibes like yeah i do that i love that okay so i'm gonna just read there's two articles that i found that just sum it up way better than i could say it and then i'll give you my meg my meganisms <laughs> afterwards but i want to make sure that i get this like very specific information to you listeners and we are posting both of these articles but in case you don't want to click on the links and read them yourself i'm summarizing the parts that i think are really important ready okay Okay. oh my god (laughs) all right this first one is washington post article by allison chu i think that's how you say it c-h-i-u would you say chu Mm -hmm. all right Sounds like it. It's called Time to Ditch Toxic Positivity. It's okay not to be okay. So, going over, so this article is about going overboard with the good vibes only trend. Um, Too much forced positivity is not just unhelpful, but it becomes toxic. So, Natalie Dottillo, I think I'm saying that right, is a clinical health psychologist with Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, and she explains the problems with toxic positivity in this article. So here's what she says. While cultivating a positive mindset is a powerful coping mechanism, toxic positivity stems from the idea that the best or only way to cope with a bad situation is to put a positive spin on it and not dwell on the negative. It results from our tendency to undervalue negative emotional experiences and overvalue positive ones. Then she says this, and I love it. This sums it up right here. Think of it as having a few too many scoops of ice cream. It's really good and it makes us feel better, but you can overdo it, she said. Then it makes us sick. Or try to shove ice cream into somebody's face when they don't feel like having ice cream, she continued. That's not really going to make them feel better. Doesn't that say it well? It's a good way to say it, yeah. It's like if you're struggling, you're having a rough time. Legitimately, people have lost jobs, people have lost loved ones. Um, you know, we can look at this in context of the last, what, how Almost long? a year Almost now. a year of pandemic lifestyle, all that goes with that. Um, we can look at it. If humans in general, there are always real things that are tragic that, are, you know, happen in people's lives, sad things. And if you just gloss over the feelings and you go right into, okay, but just think positively, just good vibes only, take your negativity away from me like that Mm -hmm. that's where there's a problem so then i'm going to read this other article chunk of article and then we'll get back into the mechanisms if you will 
Okay. Casey's so Let's annoyed right it. now. <laughs> Healthline. This is in Healthline online um, blog. This is written by Simone M. Scully, and we'll link to it. Um, so the question is, she writes, what is toxic positivity? Toxic positivity is the assumption, either by oneself or others, that despite a person's emotional pain or difficult situation, they should only have a positive mindset or, for pet peeve, positive vibes. And this is written by, um, this quote is from Dr. Jamie Zuckerman, a clinical psychologist in Pennsylvania who specializes in, among other things, anxiety disorders and self-esteem. So it can, so Dr. Zuckerman says, toxic positivity can take many forms. It can be a family member who chastises you for expressing frustration instead of listening to why you're upset. It can be a comment to look on the bright side or be grateful for what you have. It can be a meme that tells you to just change your outlook, to be happy, or like, you know, the whole choose happiness, which I have things that say choose happiness. Um, sometimes you, it's, you just can't. That's okay. Right. It can be a friend who repeatedly posts how productive they're being during lockdown. It can be your own feelings that you shouldn't dwell on your feelings of sadness, anxiety, loneliness, or fear. With toxic positivity, negative emotions are seen as inherently bad. Instead, positivity and happiness are compulsively pushed and authentic human emotional experiences are denied, minimized, or invalidated. The pressure to appear okay invalidates the range of emotions we all experience, says Carolyn Carroll, a psychotherapist in Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. It can give the impression that you are defective when you feel distress, which can be internalized in a core belief that you are inadequate or weak. Carol continues, judging yourself for feeling pain, sadness, jealousy, which are part of the human experience and are transient emotions, leads to what are referred to as secondary emotions, such as shame, that are much more intense and maladaptive. So you know when, like, if you're feeling sad about something that you really, like, you lost your job and you're feeling sad about it, and then you start feeling, like, another emotion, like feeling shame because... Because now you don't have a job. Well, and you feel bad for feeling that way. It The secondary emotion is sh like shaming yourself for having the feeling. Oh, okay. And that's even worse because then it's like layering it. Okay. Makes it harder to come out of. So they distract us from the problem at hand and they don't give space for self-compassion, which is so vital to our mental health. Zuckerman says that toxic positivity at its core is an avoidance strategy used to push away and invalidate any internal discomfort. But when you avoid your emotions, you actually cause more harm. And so this is all a major problem. The, um, Dr. Zuckerman says, a failure to effectively process emotions in a timely manner can lead to a myriad of psychological difficulties, including disrupted sleep, increased substance abuse, risk of an acute stress problem, prolonged grief, or even PTSD, she says. So if you don't deal with it, if you don't feel the feelings and work through those feelings, that's when we start stuffing. That's like a non-clinical word we use, um, shoving down the emotions. And then, you know, you start drinking a little more or you start. Aren't those like repressed? Is that the same thing? Like you're repressing your. That's different. Oh, okay. Um, I'll see, that's, that's why I'm whole, not a therapist. That's okay. That makes me feel good that I, like, you know, went to school. Well, I'd hope so. That, yeah. So anyway, that's a whole other show. Now you've come up with two other show topics for me. Thank you. 
Yep. So what did, after reading all that, what are you getting? What are you, what's sticking out to you? So I can explain or answer questions. Well, is this, clearly this has existed for probably ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it just now getting this term? Like, is this what we're defining it as with positive toxic, toxic positivity? Yeah. Psychologists Um, are using that to more, I think in the last few years. Like to define it? To define it. Okay. Because um, it just, it makes a lot of sense. I never, you know, knew the term. Like, that's why I was asking if this is like a new terminology that yeah, cause I've been asking being referred people, to. Not everybody's heard of it. Um, like this behavior makes sense to me. Like I've seen it in people I know, but I didn't know it was defined as something. As a thing. Yeah. Um. But it makes total sense. I mean, it just, yeah, it adds layers on top of layers. Like, you need to feel what you're feeling, not to just, you know, deny your feelings. Like, it just, to me, it makes sense to face it, Mm -hmm. deal with it, and then move on. Whereas, I know a lot of people do that, where something bad happens to them or they catch a bad break and then they just ignore it and it just is never dealt with and then it starts flooding into other things of their life right um and for women i know we have a lot of we have both men and women but listeners but a lot of the women who are like in my demographic we've talked to i'm sure get it because i've talked to my friends and different people um there's so much comparison and shaming and like whether it's mom mom stuff or just seeing like what your friends are doing. Like um, one of these psychologists or authors, I can't remember which one it was, said something like, if you weren't a gourmet chef before quarantine lockdown, like why would you try to do that during quarantine lockdown? Like setting ourselves up for this, oh, well, everyone else is doing all, they're posting things online that they're, they're cleaning their closets and they're becoming gourmet chefs and they're doing all these um, – amazing things and I, I'm not um, they're staying positive there's they're staying positive and they're using this really hard experience to like do all these great things and like what's wrong with me that I can't find the motivation to do that or that I um, should just get happy or that I should just choose happiness when really that person who's feeling that way might be dealing with some depression might be dealing with some unresolved feelings okay does that make sense that's where it gets toxic. Right. That makes sense. Um, and so the internet culture, I think, really um, fuels this. Oh, yeah. You With the Instagram post of my life's so great, Here's here I am in this vacation and then this vacation. And or so they're always doing stuff. even simple, like the memes. Like some memes are hilarious. But like Rachel Hollis is known for her um allegedly and it might not even be so allegedly plagiarized stuff memes you know where you just see like words like less than a sentence of words that are like a half half half-assed quote that's something about staying positive Uh and she's like known for like plastering these all over like so it's like you get online you see like a little message that's like choose happiness just like blah 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 and it's perpetuating it's perpetuating this like just choose happiness instead of it's okay that that you're having a rough patch 
Right. So it, with Rachel Hollis, for example, she, yeah, that was her brand basically was my, everything in my life is positive because I choose to look at it positively and not facing or not at least showing her fan base or her followers the struggling side of my life really isn't perfect this is what's happening you know like she wasn't giving the her followers both sides of the coin what? and then we come to find out she's now divorced she's or in the process millions of, of dollars divorced. off of people going to their marriage seminars and giving marriage advice and they're divorcing and they weren't forthcoming about it. Right. Um, so and it's also in her book, um, girl, wash your face. I believe it was, she talks about her story of like, she was grew up like poor and then skips to like, she tells this story, like it was so hard for her and I'm, and she doesn't recognize the privilege and the fact that she was like early twenties and she mm -hmm. marries like a million millionaire, millionaire. executive for yeah. Disney. And like, that's how she started her business. And like, she like had capital 15 years apart to she, like, 13 years, something apart. like that. He's very established. So like, don't just gloss over that part that, you know, you can choose happiness and you can choose all of these things. That's cool. But don't make it sound like it was a fucking magic wand and it just, you chose happiness right. and boom, you're, you've got your business and your family and your nanny and your everything. Um, yeah, what was one of the dumb things that they said? Um, She's one of the queens of toxic positivity. Yeah. That's why I keep Well, One of the things her. you had me watch was like their top five keys to a successful marriage. And like, Oh, yeah, Rachel and Dave Hollis. Yeah, like three, Get online number if you three ever or four laugh. was like have a house, have a, have a, a house cleaner. Was, get a cleaning lady. Yeah, get a cleaning lady. And it was like. Yeah, that'd oh, be great. Okay. Yeah, sure. If I could afford it. Yeah, but, if I can afford a clean lady, I'll get one. But I mean, to just say that that's that's what you need to do to have a yeah, successful marriage. That'll. It's that kind of bullshit. Right, but can't this go back to the problem we have in comparing ourselves to other yes. people? Yes. But that's not toxic positivity. That's something else. It can else. be. It can. Be. It can be. Um, well, I guess it is. In a sense, because that's how these people become so successful. Yeah, is because Rachel Hollis, millions and millions of women just worship her because they love her "quote unquote" brand of positivity, and um, then yeah, are comparing okay. themselves. That makes sense. I think. I think that's well. I yeah, it does. It makes perfect sense because you, as someone who you think to yourself, I'm struggling. There's something I'm doing wrong. My life isn't fulfilled to where I feel it needs to be, which is probably your life's totally fine. But because of social media and all of that and the comparing, you're like, well, I have this, but it's still not good enough because this person's doing all of this. Um, I want to be that. So it's like preying on yeah. insecurities. Right. So yeah, I mean, that all makes sense. It just, it's wild to think that, it's such a fine line between like influencer and entrepreneur and business savvy person. And then on the other side of that thin line, <laughs> I, you know, it's like a cult leader basically. Mm -hmm. Cause Oh, it's, that, that's why that's, I'm so intrigued by it all. They get these follow. I mean, they building their quote unquote brand is based off of 
preying on. Yeah, so what are you selling, Rachel? She's not selling anything. Right. Except for this idea of positivity that she has been able to uh, curate and show that she's achieved when that's really not probably going on behind the scenes. I think more and more that's going to come out. Um, the reason I'm not trying to just like Rachel Hollis, Hollis bash, but I didn't, we did an episode last year on her uh-huh. with her plagiarizing stuff that came out allegedly being accused of plagiarizing. Um, and just, there's an article I linked to it a long time ago, um, written about how dangerous, um, the dark side of curated, curated perfection. Right. And you can listen to that episode. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. I don't know. Girl stop girl. I think I titled it something like whatever, like her we'll find title. it. Um, it just, and not just her. I mean, even the Nexium guy, I mean, yes. he, he targeted already wealthy people who for some reason were the large majority of the people in Nexium are already successful in their careers, but are made to believe they're lacking in something that they need to achieve to go to this next level of whatever it is, which I, to a certain degree, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're that successful and you have this money and you hear about that too, it's like, well, I've done all this. I have funds. Like, why am I not fulfilled? Right. But that just sounds like you just need to work on yourself. Right. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Not go pay $5,000 for a two-day retreat right. from somebody who's not even licensed in therapy or right. psychology or anything like that, like a Rachel Hollis. Right. Or who somehow has their best life and it's all by staying positive. And so what I've found and what I've learned is when you trace back a lot of these um, I wish I had more examples of them. I should have, I should have done that. Um, but these like couple word positive memes are they called memes if they're not a picture or like you know like a fancy handwriting and it's like follow your dreams or like quotes from people. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, if you look at who's putting those out, it's usually someone trying to sell you something, mm-hmm. and that's what I've learned. It's been so interesting doing these deep dives, and there's there are a lot of people out there. Um, who have YouTube channels who are like critiquing Rachel Hollis and critiquing these multi-level marketing scammy things and like um, predatory. They're they're calling out these predatory yeah. people. It, and it's a lot of times if you see those kinds of quotes, be on, be on the lookout. It's probably someone trying to sell you something. Right. And maybe that's so too general they're trying to, to say. They're probably in a mar- multi-level marketing business. Yeah. Well, the one video you had me watch of a guy that, was like breaking it down it's they're selling an idea it's not even i mean there's no guarantee that any of this is going to work and the way they structure it it's like all right well here's my first course and then yeah, they're going to sell you a course they, online uh, okay so you've you've completed this first course mm-hmm. but i didn't get you, i didn't tell you everything right, you now needed. you need this now yeah. you're ready for so this now i this course prepared it's like prerequisites of bullshit mm-hmm. uh like now you're on level five so now it's you can attain your your true sense of who you are by these next four steps right. and then it turns into like all these courses like a 12 step stuff. program basically and then by the end you're fifty thousand dollars 
in oh yeah or some of them you know are, whatever like, yeah um anyway it's just it's, sad. Talking I mean, more it's more also about sad it. too it is that and I, I think too what really separates someone like you who's licensed and cares about the genuine like the well-being of somebody like their actual well-being mm -hmm. is and that of these rachel hollis's or you know is that you have a conscience well we have to take an oath that says first do no harm right you know? but like that's what i'm saying even even though i don't have i didn't take that oath mm -hmm. like to me i can't i'm sure i could probably be a great multi-level marketing bser you know <laughs> but like i don't, I, I don't feel comfortable Doing bullshitting that like yeah. that because it's like because you know it's bullshit yeah and, like, they, and so all these tactics that are used of like, well, it's a product that somebody, you know, here's why they need it. And um, I don't know, it's just, we're going to get more into that because I, there's so much I found, so much interesting More into a win. Another episode I want to do on these um, crazy multi-level marketing scammers and people. It gets very culty. Yeah. I mean, it's the stuff I've watched or you've had me watch it is and we were watching that tony robbins netflix thing it's like i can't even finish it mm -mm, we got like out. an hour in and i don't think i'm a stupid person by any means but watching that i'd say about like 80 percent of it i have no idea what he's talking about what's going on and there's a room full of like 3,000 people in there Who paid $5, that are like, oh my God. This and they're is... running, there's a lot of running and jumping and exciting music. Yeah, but I'm not even show. talking about that part. I'm okay. talking about just how they hang on. Like, for some reason, it makes sense to those people. But to me, that that's what I'm saying. Or they're I nodding think... their head because they're just believing whatever he says. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like... What's the difference? Like, what separates that them from me right. is what I'm saying. Because I don't think I'm. That's my point. I don't think I'm stupid. I think I am a very self-aware person and, intelligent. and can follow in general conversations, especially about like the stuff Tony Robbins was talking about in his documentary. I am not your guru documentary. But it's after a point, it's like I can't even follow it. It just is a bunch of gibberish. And, and people I are just don't... eating it up. Yeah. But you watch them though and it seems like something is sinking in or unless they just are so glazed over that it's Tony Robbins. So it's like, I have to believe, like I'm think, going to choose no matter what he could tell me to jump off a bridge, but he could justify why I need to jump off this bridge. And I will. Well, remember they said in that documentary, his conferences are like six days long. The temperature in the room is controlled. They don't get a lot of food. I'll have to double check all this. Um, don't quote me on it, but uh, I'm still, I have to finish the second half of the documentary, but it, there is some cult-like stuff going on because um, we know when, when you join a cult, they take away your protein. They don't let you eat protein because that when you don't have protein, your brain doesn't work as well. You can't think as well. And there's all these tactics that they use to wear you down, and it's very similar. So I guess to bring it all back together, I'm glad that I went on that journey of learning more about toxic positivity because I want to help people and myself too, but figure out that fine line because I don't, I do believe that when, when we are faced with hardships, like we all are, we're never promised.
some perfect life. We're, not, we're never going to hurt or things aren't going to go wrong. We're going to experience death and tragedy and loss and all of these things. Um, and it is how we react to it that determines, can help determine the outcome. But we also have to feel the feelings. We can't just skip that part of it's right. okay to feel down and sad and hopeless once in a while. And just, you don't want well, to stay there. I think all of that stuff, I mean, it all defines who we are and who we become. And it builds character too. I mean, everybody fails and it just... It faces hardship. Yeah, I, but that's part of what makes that person who they are is how they respond to those things. Mm-hmm. And I would say more often than not, the people that have a failure and like look it in the eye and do soul searching and think about it and face it, then they try again. And they're, those are the really successful people who and genuinely good people that because they acknowledge their faults and their failures and that doesn't mean that they're less happy i think they're probably more happy because they're honest with themselves whereas i know we keep ragging on her but like with rachel hollis it's like i don't think she's as she's i i know she's not as happy as she portrays to the public like and that's apparent why she's getting divorced You know, like you can just like it's okay. Have a pretty good idea that people that are always positive, like they're hiding something. To me, like yeah, I for sure. It's just when you're always positive, and when I mean, and on the flip side, if you're constantly negative, right? That's another thing. There you go. But yeah, um, so finding the balance, and that's where therapy can be helpful. I think, like that's you said though, but with. There's some people who are extremely to the positive side and to the negative side that it's both sides are not healthy. Mm-hmm. And that in the middle is where the more stable people who are genuinely happy because they understand what being happy or what they understand not being happy. You know what I mean? Like, you mean in a healthy way? Yeah, like yeah. they can look at be like I'm not happy now, but I'm gonna face this, you know, deal with it, and then when positive things do happen, like they it means that much more to them because right. they took the time to face the adversity and the failures and everything, and they know that feeling, and that's what pushes them to be successful or be more happy yeah, because and- they have they've dealt with it whereas dealt with it there you go so it's the feelings associated with the failure so yeah feeling that actual sadness and disappointment and frustration like and just sitting in it for a while and and not just glossing over it yeah and i and i guess what i'm trying to say is they appreciate the happiness and the success more because they've dealt with their failures and the sadness. Yes. Whereas, Opposed to just ignoring it, ignoring it, and yeah. then having some false sense of success and happiness. Yeah. That's because I think after a while that triggers something too. Because if you're not dealing with it, I mean, then at some point you probably explode. At, right. Because if you don't feel the feelings along the way, like let's say your goal is is to have a successful relationship and have a great job and 
uh, make enough money to live a nice lifestyle, go on trips, all that. Let's just say like, quote unquote, that's the American dream or that's what somebody wants. Mm -hmm. If you don't deal with all this, the feelings along the way, once you get there, you're not going to feel fulfilled. Right. You're going to feel empty. Is that what you're saying? Like, if you don't feel all the normal range of emotions along the way, you're not going to know what it feels like to truly be like happy and peaceful. Exactly. I did a really long roundabout way of saying that. But that kind of goes back to that is their target audience, though, because they understand that there's a group of people in the world who, in some cases, what would have everything that you think you would mm-hmm. want, mm-hmm. but they're not happy with themselves. Right. That's like the Nexium targeted yeah. those people. That's what he did. And then, you know, these multi-level marketing groups target uh, people who aren't in a job they love or aren't making enough money that you don't think they're making enough money. And, oh, here's a really easy way to make a whole bunch of money. You know, it's like targeting yeah. people. And that's what's so obnoxious about it is because if it were that easy, we would all do it. Right. If, if, if you look if at the me, percentages of people who actually make money doing multi-level marketing, it is astoundingly, ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. Well, and if it were that easy, I'm, that's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, I want to make you know like I, whatever you want to say you want to have but that's their whole theory about this is if you just say that you want it or then you or, can have or it. you pretend to live that lifestyle well just start living like you make $500,000 a year and eventually you'll make 500,000 because you will have had a taste of what it takes like when to live that to way spend money like yeah that, just start spending that. your money you know go buy that car and it'll work out. Just just stay positive. Like, get accustomed to living that lifestyle, <laughs> even though you can't afford it right now. Like, I mean, that's how some of them pitch that, right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. that's. Oh, definitely. But, and it's like, well, you know, like Tony Robbins had that one girl on there. She sold everything to be here today. At his conference, all yeah. of her furniture, all of her stuff. Sold everything, and it was her calling. To come. And then somebody ended up giving her she um, got like a hundred thousand dollars. So then there's the perfect like, well, see if you give up everything, um, it always works out. Yeah. And it did for her in that case. Right. Um, I don't know. It's it's tricky because I do believe in the universe. I'm not so. Um, oh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. I I do believe there are things at work greater than us that we don't completely understand. I believe in um, God, the universe, like all of that but it but to believe that you can just think more positively and that is the magic fix no right it's one piece of the puzzle therapy can be another piece medication can be another piece exercise can be another piece talking to a friend like feeling the feelings like there's just so many things it's not just if you just think positively everything would be better right it's a lot of things it's but the main thing is just hard work and being true to yourself wouldn't you say i mean i'd say you're not even i don't even i'm not even i just say continually evaluating yourself and your feelings and okay when i said hard work i didn't mean like necessarily in your job but like the hard work of staying on top of yourself oh gosh yeah and like yes yes. the self-awareness yeah working on those type of things yes by in your values and like making sure that you are 
um, sticking with your value system and that you understand your values. And we don't have to all have the same ones. That's okay. Right. Um, That's what I mean. By doing all of that, the other stuff will follow. Yes. Like, that's where my the whole universe thing kind of comes in. It's like, I've been doing all this stuff on myself or for myself in the sense, like having those hard conversations yes. and things that, that once you've done that and everything, that's when the, in my opinion, that's when like the universe starts giving you a little well, here and there. Yeah. When, right. Of, you know, momentum. It's, yeah. It's, and I don't think you it can... doesn't all just, come magically yeah anyway i give out magic wands in my practice to my clients for fun because we pretend you know like oh it's so easy you can just fix this person or fix this problem and it's just really not that easy um i when i said earlier about it's okay to feel hopeless i mean it's not okay to stay in that i don't want it to sound like um it's okay to stay in a place of hopelessness but if you're feeling hopeless it's okay to like acknowledge that, but then do some, like call somebody or right. Be the start taking steps to make the change. Yeah. Now I don't have bad days anymore. I used to like back when years and years ago when I used to really struggle with depression and anxiety to the point where it was so debilitating. There would be days of me like not wanting to leave the house. Um, and if I had like a long weekend before I had kids even, um, I just, staying inside laying on the couch like it would be days of trying to get out of these funks that I didn't quite understand and and so then over time it's like a continuum of constantly working on it now with meds with therapy with all of the great people I have in my life with all the knowledge I've learned you know being a therapist and like you and just all the great things in my life I have a very full happy balanced life I still struggle but there's never it's always like a few hours of a funk Maybe a day of funky, but you know, I don't stay in it because I know I might have a couple hours, a few days in a row mm-hmm. that are funky, but I know how to, I've learned how to get myself out of it because staying in that place of, you know, of course we can all have like a victim moment and be like, this sucks. My life sucks. I'm nothing works for me. Like have your moment, eat some cookie dough, watch a show, do your thing, whatever it is. Um, but you just can't, you just can't stay there. Right. That's like, um, because th- you mentioned ice cream. Uh, <laughs> we know you love ice cream. As well, your coping tool. <laughs> there, there's a guy, he's a, he's an ultra runner. Um, David Goggins, he's pretty intense, but he's an ex Marine. He's mm. like the only guy or on a handful, like maybe five people tops have gone through Navy SEAL training more than once oh, wow. and like completed it. Wow. And uh he he was on Joe Rogan a while like way back when. But he's like really intense, but his story he talks about he was like a package deliverer or something like and a he UPS was yes kind of guy. Something like that. Okay. And he was or a bu- I don't know, he drove a truck around and stuff and he hit, he did not like his life. He was very miserable and he was overweight like really like big dude um and he said there was he he would end his days or something he'd go get a milkshake and go home and sit and watch tv and had a horrible diet and it was one of those nights he was watching the history channel or something and he saw the navy seals 
training. But he, the whole point is he was in this funk of like just not taking care of himself, treating himself like his whole body like crap and everything. And then he saw this Navy SEALs thing while he was treating himself like crap and something clicked and he then started consciously making those decisions to change his attitude in his life and he's super fit now he went through all like i said those navy seal trainings and things and um does these crazy ultra runs where he runs for like days and runs hundreds of miles and stuff and he's an extreme thing um, on the extreme side but in the sense that he pulled himself out of the yeah he recognized that his unhappiness and was i think the only reason he he had that moment was because he was allowing himself to find it that sounds really hippie but um no he was open to it he saw it right um but I, i think that's what you're saying i think if you're just going allowing yourself to acknowledge your unhappiness and be real with yourself and be open to change. I think that's the other thing. People don't like change, so they don't want to try to do anything outside of... Or they think the change has to be so severe and so or quick drastic, and yeah. drastic. And it yeah. doesn't. It can be years of making little changes in the right direction. Right. But see, then you have Tony Robbins who says that kind of opposite of that. He said that in his documentary. Change your life today. He, yeah, well, it was like, you know, all you could be working on yourself for 10 years, but somehow it led it to him and today's the day like the change is really going to or yeah, I, he he I made know. it sound like I, he was some sort of savior well, right, thing. Right, of course. Like um anyway. Whereas a therapist um, will tell you we're going to change you you make the change on your terms on your time frame with what you know yeah. it's a process yeah he he does he kind of pitches it as a process but it but the end point is when you're at his conference yeah it's not it's not really <laughs> gonna happen for you until he gets involved in some way in your life and like that's it's like i can be it's like i'm on board with you tony and then like he says some crazy stuff like that and it's like all right that no, that, that that that's when I get lost listening to that guy because I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I know. Like, but then you have all these other people. It's like, yeah, Tony, I got you. So everybody, watch that. Um, if you can stomach through it, I am not your guru on Netflix, because uh, we're going to be talking about that um, that documentary coming up this winter. At some point, we have so many things <clears throat> coming up to talk about, and I'm very excited. Yeah, and I think this too, in like the article you're going to post that you read from. Um, I think the pandemic is just exposing a lot of this. It is. And especially with the whole like Rachel Hollis thing. Um, we might now have to do like a whole being divorced, uh, who was so happy with her marriage. You know, her marriage was the best marriage selling, of all time. Selling um, the, this idea of what her product was selling marriage advice right. to millions of people. I don't yeah, know, we'll like, have lots. to do a whole thing. We will. But it just, I think. A, a number of things this is one of them that the pandemic is exposing probably more to the public than it would have if it never had happened like i think people are obviously conscious about what toxic positivity is yeah but i think 
everybody having to be in quarantine and like locked up. Right now, we're almost a year now of facing these hardship realities of like losing their job, losing family members, and all this stuff. And then to somebody to have the balls to say, "Well, it could be worse." It's like I don't know how much worse. For some of these people, it can actually get. I mean, that have lost work. I, we've been fortunate enough to not. Um, well, this I mean, is the other like, thing I want to say putting about putting people's livelihoods out there, and then for somebody to be like, "Well, you know, it could be worse. You could like who knows?" Like, that's to, what I was going to gonna say. Dig I'm out so, some sort of crap. I mean, we'll wrap it up, but I really need to say this because this was um, one of the things I really wanted to share with toxic positivity. So, when like, I'll just use my own example, I guess. Growing up, um, if if I to give me perspective, my parents would often say, you know, well, think about what Grandpa went through as a Holocaust survivor, um, as a Jewish Holocaust survivor, surviving, you know, that and the, the people that he lost in the concentration camps, and like, so on one hand, thank you, Mom and Dad, for giving me perspective. Like, I am, I've never been much of a victimy. Like, I don't see myself as a victim. Some of that became a problem, though, because I was so conditioned to, and in no way did my parents mean to do this. And this is the thing. It's not always, like, people are poorly intentioned. My parents were not. Um, They were teaching me perspective. When I was upset about something that happened at school on the playground, it really hurt my feelings. This kid said something to me. And I come home and, like, then the response might be, well, just think about what, you know, grandpa went through. And I don't know, maybe I'd been crying for a really long time and my parents needed to say that to like snap me out of it. I don't know. But when when you aren't told, gosh, that sucked. I'm sorry. Or I'm, I'm sorry, that really hurt your feelings. That thing that happened on the playground, it seems so small, right? A kid's feelings get hurt on the playground that day. But that's real. Those feelings, that kid who's made fun of on the playground, like those feelings are real and that happened. Yeah. And they have those feelings need to be acknowledged and not just brushed off and said, well, it could be way worse. So that's my whole point. I don't know if any of that makes sense. That was very ADD-ish, that whole story. And I love you, Mom and Dad, if you ever listen to this. I don't at all mean that you were trying to do anything um, hurtful in your parenting. But it did cause an issue of, well, someone's always got it worse. So I don't have the right to feel my feelings. I don't have the right to feel sad about this. I don't have the right to feel to feel down or devastated because someone else has always got it worse. Right. Boom. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the thing. They're at some that's point. Toxic is what well, yeah. But even to that, to when you say that, and I think about that, I'm, I think, well, there is somebody that is at the very bottom where there's nobody underneath them that has it worse. Right. There is that so, person somewhere. So, like, to, for somebody to say to that person, like, to not justify how they feel and to try to be like, well, somebody has it worse. And it's like, I don't know. Like (laughs) I'm really far down here and I don't know how much worse it could get. Uh, It just, like you said, it it doesn't help in the, in the long run, especially when you're young because you don't know who you are. Like, I mean, nobody really, that's what life is, right? Like we're all just still, growing and evolving and like trying to figure out why we're here what we're doing and all that but if you start that at an early age where you're not allowing them to feel their feelings like you said Mm -hmm. of somebody picked on me today and i'm eight i'm eight years old and all i know is it didn't make me feel good and it was devastating yeah like let's just sit with that for a moment and talk about it and not be like 
oh, well, you know. It's really not that big of a deal. Like, just... Yeah, it's like, well, I'm eight. My world is, you know, right. yay big because I don't know much anything of right. yet. <laughs> like, eight. it's very important to me that I that, that was said. You right. know, like, this means a lot. It so means, yes. I think, too, especially on the younger spectrum of that, like, as a parent, being more aware early on is super important and that's what we're doing what teaching, you become as an adult right teaching you know? our kids the social and emotional intelligence so they stuff. don't become prey right. for multi-level marketing and then on the other side borderline cult <laughs> yeah. groups then we don't also don't want to coddle so coddle and then raise entitled children either so it's oh, yeah. a balancing act always always a balancing act right right Okay, so I was, I was going to do, I don't know what we're going to call this segment yet, um, but the mental health moment with Meg or whatever. I'm not sure. Um, but what I wanted to say, and then we'll wrap it up, because how, how long is it now? It's going. Okay. It's election week, everyone. Um, I just want to say from a mental health professional's opinion, you do not have to discuss politics with anyone you do not want to discuss politics with. You don't have to talk about your stance. You can choose not to post on Facebook. You can choose not to share what you're thinking with other people. You are allowed to have your own private opinion. And there's nothing wrong with you keeping that opinion to yourself or just talking to people that you feel will respect you and listen to you. Because some people, this is what's killing me as a therapist with human behavior I am just seeing families being torn apart, families arguing, people losing friendships. Like, it's really sad the way that people cannot even have a discussion without it being so heated and mean and attacking. Mm -hmm. You don't have to participate in that. I just want to give everyone permission. You don't have to talk about it. Just because someone else wants to talk about it, just because someone else wants to argue about it. Um, healthy conversation, yes. What would that look like? Both people get to speak their side calmly. People can ask questions, get answers. You aren't talked to like you're an idiot. If someone's talking to you like you're an idiot, if someone is badgering you, if someone's cutting you off your sentences, if you're not allowed to fully finish your thought and, and you're talking and that other person, you can tell they are just waiting to say what they want to say, you don't have to talk to them. You have that right. So, on that note, I just want to give everyone permission. Go vote. Go vote. <laughs> and you don't have to take abuse from people who want to yell at you about politics. Was that too much? No. Do you want to make any comments on that? No. Because mental health... Uh, no buts. Mental health is important. And your mental health means something. And if someone is going to talk to you like you're an idiot or be mean or criticize... Not constructive. Constructive criticism is okay. Um, you don't have to put up with it. We're adults. That's right. And there might be a reason. Grandma always said, don't talk about politics and religion. Yeah, I was going to say public. that's like two of the things you don't talk about, right? Even though we do that on the politics show. Politics and religion. We talk about religion sometimes. Anyway, this is not a political... This is not a political stance by any, it's just a mental health is being affected greatly right now by politics in this election. And I just want to help people like take a deep breath. We're all going to be okay. You're, you are entitled to your opinion and everything good for some people. I mean, even if you don't agree with how they feel or think. Yeah. And you know what I just did? I said, it's okay. We're all going to be okay. 
I don't mean that in a toxically positive <laughs> sort of way. <laughs> it's not going to be okay for everybody. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna all do our best. How about that? We're all gonna do our we're best. We're gonna do our best, everybody. We're gonna figure it out. Keep it together. We're gonna figure it out and work through it. All right, next episode. I don't know. We have so many things I don't even know, but it's gonna be good. Yeah, we have like four episodes now inside this one that we, we do talk about. <laughs> all right. On that note. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, it means a lot to us if you could keep the comments and the likes coming that and the reviews. So please like rate share subscribe uh all of those fun things it really does mean a lot to us and we listen and we hear you yeah we'll, we'll do any topics for Tell us, give thoughts us ideas. and ideas or opinions um yeah so next week we will have something yeah um, it'll be good but keep a lookout we're gonna have post all those articles yes and, and throwback thursdays are a thing now we're doing on facebook yeah throwback thursday check out the website it's getting revamped. revamped all of the episodes are on there too so when we do these throwback thursdays if you like what you hear and you want to listen to more you can always go to our website momshow.com all right bye y'all Everybody says that you're moving